You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Galileo Galilei discovered Europa and the other three large moons of Jupiter 410 years ago using a homemade telescope. Not only did he view Europa, but he also saw Ganymede, Callisto and Io. And anyone with a a fairly crude backyard telescope on Earth, if you point it at Jupiter on a dark night, you can see these little objects orbiting around Jupiter. These are its four main big moons. One of the really interesting NASA missions that's coming up is called Europa Clipper. This follows successful investigations that were done by the Galileo spacecraft in the 90s and early 2000s of the Jovian system, so Jupiter and its moons. Galileo did have a few problems, though. Its main antenna or its communications method with Earth, with this big umbrella-like radar dish, didn't open on Galileo properly, so its, its data rate back to Earth was quite restricted. And so they ticked off most of the scientific objectives of Galileo, but they didn't get all the data they would have potentially got out of that mission because of limited bandwidth. But other probes have been passed, the Jovian system, uh, and actually there's an orbiter there now, Juno, which is studying the planet and the atmosphere and the radiation environment. Uh, It's in a polar orbit and it swoops down over the poles of Jupiter. So so normally when you go out to uh, Jupiter and uh, Saturn and other planets in the solar system, you tend to go into an equatorial orbit, which is the, the same plane that the moons of Jupiter, including Europa, follow. Uh, in the case of Juno, it is doing a, a big polar type orbit where it swoops down over the, the poles, does its science and then escapes the dangerous radiation belts and heads off well away from the planet and then swoops down again. So not as frequent flybys close to the planet but it's necessary if you want to save yourself from that very high energy radiation environment that applies to the enormous gas giant which is Jupiter. If you could see the magnetic field of Jupiter from Earth in the night sky it would be as big as our moon appears when it's full. So it's a very very large object, very powerful magnetic field, lots of radiation out there. And in fact, the Juno mission, as well as Europa Clipper, which I'm going to talk about today, their electronics, their sensitive instruments and electronics and the brain of the spacecraft and the memory and and anything vital to the function of the spacecraft is actually inside a titanium and aluminium box, a sort of strong box, if you like. There's another interesting mission which I have mentioned on the program. You can find it on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au, the mission out to Titan, which is a drone mission that's going to fly around, land on the surface of Titan, take some samples, examine them with an onboard laboratory, and then take off again and land elsewhere. That lander on Saturn's moon Titan is called Dragonfly. Uh, So another really exciting mission that's in the pipeline being developed currently by NASA and it's been approved. During Cassini's mission, the Huygens probe landed there that detached from the Cassini orbiter and landed on the surface. So they've, they've been on the surface. They've got some images. You'll find them on the internet. A pretty amazing place, an amazing f- achievement to be able to, to land and take photographs. It, went, it descended on a parachute, took photos of the surface. But one location, limited data. In fact, again, there was a data transmission problem. Only one of the transmitters worked. So they, they got sort of half the data they should have got. 
So these are follow-up missions to other reconnaissance flybys that have been done of the outer solar system. Voyager sailed out past Jupiter, Saturn, and then Voyager 2 did the same thing but continued on to Uranus and Neptune as well. Now, both of those probes are still in contact with Earth after the mid-1970s when they launched incredible missions, but they've actually left the solar system. They're beyond the influence of our sun, and they're out in interstellar space, and they're still communicating. 43 years after they were launched, so incredible nuclear-powered missions there making that possible. Pioneers also went past Jupiter and Saturn, and Juno, as I mentioned, is at Jupiter. Cassini went out to Saturn, and New Horizons has been out to Pluto. So all these missions have have kind of filled in a lot of information about our solar system. This is an amazing era we live in to have all this information beam back to Earth via the deep space network. Obviously, Mars with the the landers and uh, the orbiters we've got there, incredible story there as well, and and big plans to colonise Mars, to send big rockets there and follow on from the moon landings with uh, eventually with people on the surface of Mars. That's, That's the big picture plan. The idea now is to follow on from those missions that have, have surveyed our solar system and go into more detail. So if you find something interesting, then go back there. Now, we knew Titan was interesting. That's why Cassina carried the Huygens lander, which set down on the surface I mentioned. They want to go back to Titan, so that's what the Dragonfly mission is going to do. So the Europa Clipper mission was confirmed by NASA only in August 2019. You know, there's always competition for missions anywhere you know there's scientists who are just itching to get funding for their ideas and for their their projects and to continue the line of study that they've been pursuing now in the case of jupiter's moon europa europa clipper mission is an orbiter around jupiter a very eccentric orbit it will swoop in close to do a series of flybys of Europa and then it will head out away from that dangerous inner Jovian and radiation environment which is dangerous which is where Europa is so they can't just go into orbit around Europa and just get sort of constant data back from the surface they have to be in an orbit around Jupiter and then use a series of flybys to get the data they want about Europa so confirmed by NASA in August 2019 there is an ocean under the frozen surface of Europa it could be 10 times as deep as Earth's oceans. That ocean has two to three times the volume of all the liquid water on Earth. So it's a massive subsurface ocean. I'll go into some detail about how they know that ocean exists, but it is to do with the ice that they've seen, measurements they've taken, the way that the moon behaves, the data they've got from instruments uh, that have been out there make it almost guaranteed that there is a subsurface ocean and a very big one under a relatively thin layer of ice and then underneath that a rocky mantle it's a great place to look for life liquid water is something we normally associate with life it could be salty there's been measurements done from the surface photographic measurements where they've worked out that they actually think they're looking at deposits yellowy deposits in certain areas on the surface just invisible light of europa which is salt sodium chloride it could be a briny salty ocean it could be quite similar to oceans that we have on Earth, and that's a great place to look for life. Now, this flyby mission, Europa Clipper, is not going to be able to get down below that ice. It's not going to land. It's not going to be able to take samples from the surface or from below the surface, but it's going to get down really low, say um, 20, 25 kilometers above the surface on some of its flybys. 
deploy a suite of really sophisticated instruments, which I'll go into, to analyze the, the surface, you know, surface penetrating radar to work out how thick the ice layer is, and a whole bunch of other scientific measurements to find out about what's going on inside Europa. There have been the possibility of plumes. Europa Clipper will also have instruments which can actually sniff out those plumes. So if there are plumes like on Enceladus erupting out of the surface and squirting some of the subsurface material up into space, the spacecraft could fly through those and will have instruments which will allow them to sample and measure those microscopic particles, which are believed to squirt out up to 200 kilometers above the surface. And that could actually give them a sense of what's contained in that ocean. So Europa is a great place to look for life. It gets energy from its interaction with Jupiter. So it gets tidal energy from its orbit around Jupiter. And that maintains the liquid water beneath the frozen surface. If you didn't have that that energy being generated through the tidal interaction with Jupiter, then it's very likely it would be just a solid ice object. It's suggested, like on Earth, there could be hydrothermal vents at points of interaction between liquid water and the rocky ocean floor that rocky mantle that's below the water. Outermost layer ice, then a huge ocean, and then under the ocean, a rocky core. So that's the overall structure of Europa. So this solar-powered spacecraft will orbit Jupiter and dive past Europa for multiple flybys. It will investigate how its gravity varies at different points of its orbit, and it will literally try to taste the plumes that were first detected by the Hubble Space Telescope. Before I go into more detail about the Europa Clipper mission, there's been some really interesting research that's been released just recently in the last month or so from the University's Research Association, USRA. The reason this information's come out is because they've been looking more closely at old data they got from Galileo in particular, because that's where they've got most of their data from the Galileo Extended Mission, or GEM, which really focused on Europa when they realised it was a a very interesting object. So while they've been re-examining this old data with a view to you know, working out how they're going to approach the new mission for Europa Clipper, what areas they want to target, what, what things they want to prioritise in terms of the mission design and the scientific objectives. They look back at old data, they look back at old photos, they've reprocessed some of the images and they've combined data to give them as much information as, as possible. And looking over this information, they've actually made some new findings. As I said, this is from the University's Space Research Association. The lineal features on the surface, which if you've seen an image of Europa, it's got these very pronounced dark streaks all across its surface. These have been an object of um, of fascination for scientists since they were first seen in detail. Voyager 2 was the, the first to show these. What they're suggesting is that the moon's shell of ice has actually rotated 70 degrees in the last several million years, so recently in terms of cosmic time scale. This supports other evidence that the outer shell of ice is uncoupled or floating free, separated from the rocky core by an enormous liquid water ocean. So it's partly confirming what they already thought about there being a a massive, massive ocean under the ice. But it also is causing them to uh, re-evaluate the tectonics. So on Earth, the continents sit on top of and in between the plates, there's hot spots like the Ring of Fire through the Pacific is where there's interactions between tectonic plates. It's looking like Europa might have tectonics as well. 
and scientists are in the process of re-evaluating them. These fractures are cut through all surface terrain. So right across the planet, regardless of, of where or what they're going through, they're continuous and they cover the entire planet. They cut through all different surface terrains that have been observed. They're more than 200 metres deep. They suggest a global reorientation or polar wander, as it's also called. This is one of the last events to have occurred on the surface of, of Europa because it hasn't been resurfaced. So they know that it's, it's recent because over time things get resurfaced. There's ice moving around. There's almost like glaciation. These lines cover the whole surface everywhere. They cut across all other kinds of terrains that, that are already there. So they know they must be fairly recent. So this circular true polar wander, which is these cracks in the surface, will be tested. And the predictions and the findings of this theory from the Space Research Association will be tested and, and looked into by the Europa Clipper mission with its high-res images and soundings of the features using that radar and other instruments on board. Just preparing for this new mission, they're making findings based on, on some of the science gained late 90s, early 2000s by the Galileo mission. One of the key things they also want to know about it, given it's a watery environment, potentially a, a good environment for life to exist, big ocean, liquid water, uh, a source of heat being the tidal interaction with Jupiter. It's on the short list of places you'd look for life. We're not necessarily going to get a conclusive answer to that from the Europa Clipper mission, but if one of those vents, uh, those plumes, uh, turns out to be you know, shooting um, material from, the, from subs, the subsurface up into space and, and the, uh, the spacecraft can fly through it on one of its flybys, then that would be a great way of getting a sense of what the interior is composed of. It may be that we have to wait for a lander to go there, but this is going to contribute a lot to our understanding of this mission. It is the next step in that evolving understanding of this really intriguing object. So the mission design, 45 close passes over Europa, scanning most of the surface with the closest approach being at an altitude of 25 kilometres. So we should be getting some really great high-res images. It's a solar-powered 6,000-kilogram spacecraft that's fully fueled at liftoff. It's large. It's 6 metres high and 22 metres wide with its solar panels unfurled. It's going to carry cameras and spectrometers and ice-penetrating radar to look for an ocean under the ice and determine the ice's thickness. It's also got a magnetometer and gravity measuring instrument to study the magnetic field and interior structure and an instrument to measure the composition of small particles close to Europa when it's doing its flybys. As I mentioned, that's, that's to try to tap into those plumes. Just to give you some more detailed information about the instruments that are going to be carried on board. So one of them is called E-Themis. It's an instrument to study the surface temperatures, to search for signs of recent resurfacing. E-Themis stands for Europa Thermal Emission Imaging System. It will use that principle to produce infrared images of Europa and allow scientists to measure temperatures on Europa's surface from a distance. EIS is another instrument. This is the Europa Imaging System. It consists of a wide-angle digital camera and a narrow-angle digital camera. Each camera will have an 8-megapixel sensor and will be sensitive to visible wavelengths of light, as well as extending slightly into near-infrared and ultraviolet wavelengths. Both cameras will acquire stereoscopic images, and both will have six different filters and will acquire color images. 
EIS will allow scientists um, to better measure surface elevations and the colour images will provide information about Europa's surface materials. They'll also be able to search for recent geological activity and potential plumes venting material into space. Another instrument is Europa UVS. So this is the Europa Clippers ultraviolet spectrograph and it'll collect ultraviolet light with a telescope and spread that light onto a detector. This will allow them to look for various atmospheric gases and surface materials and work out what they're made of. It's also going to look for evidence that the moon's potential liquid water ocean is erupting into space in the form of plumes, those ones first detected by the Hubble Space Telescope. There's a magnetometer. This will be capable of detecting magnetic fields. It'll allow scientists to ac accurately measure magnetic fields and study how they vary with time and location. One of the reasons why there's believed to be an ocean is because they've detected an interaction between Jupiter's very strong magnetic field and something that's inside the icy moon Europa. It's believed that's a, a massive ocean of salty water. So the mag magnetometer should allow scientists to confirm the existence of the ocean finally, measure its depth and salinity, and determine the thickness of the ice shell above. The mass spectrometer for planetary exploration Europa, or MASSPEX, will collect gases and bounce its ions back and forth within the instrument. MASSPEX will determine the mass of those charged ions by precisely timing their transit uh, through the instrument. In particular, MASPEX is intended to identify dozens of types of hydrocarbons and gaseous molecules. It's going to examine Europa's faint atmosphere and also study how Jupiter's radiation alters chemical compounds on the Moon's surface. It will also analyse any plume material that may have vented into space from ice-embedded liquid reservoirs or from Europa's suspected subsurface ocean. Again, this is following on from what Cassini did at Enceladus when they realised that Enceladus was firing plumes into space. They redirected the bus-sized Cassini orbiter to actually fly through those plumes. It wasn't designed to, but they did achieve some good science by doing that. Having learned from that experience, you know, with Europa Clipper, they're going to have instruments which actually can do that. So if there are plumes to fly through, there'll be instruments that can really get um, detailed information about the contents, the, the materials that comprise those plumes. And given that they're being fired 200 kilometres into space, they could be uh, giving a, a quite an insight into subsurface materials and possibly even the materials that make up that big ocean under the ice. There's a plasma instrument for magnetic sounding. It has four sensors called Faraday cups. These sensors measure the electrical current produced by plasma as it strikes a detector plate inside each sensor. And they'll measure the density, temperature and velocity of that plasma. This gives more information about the moon's ice shell thickness, the ocean's depth and uh, the ocean's salinity. PIMS will also study the density, energy and flow of plasma around Europa to shed light on the magnetic field and what it's telling us about Europa's suspected ocean. Lots of instruments on board. The radar instrument is called Radar for Europa Assessment and Sounding, Ocean to Near Surface or REASON, they love their acronyms, at NASA. This will send radio waves deep into Europa's ice. Uh, they'll bounce off subsurface features, return to the spacecraft. This will allow them to create pictures of the ice layer's internal structure. So that's going to be a great instrument. It's believed they can penetrate down to about 30 kilometres into Europa's ice. That may even get them far enough down so they're actually looking into the ocean below the ice. Depends how thick the ice is. 
that instrument, the ground penetrating radar, will also study the elevation, composition, and roughness of Europa's surface. You know, they'll be able to precisely map these um, streaks and these linear features they see on the surface. They'll be able to get an idea of um, the exact dimensions of those as well. SUDA is another of the instruments to be carried on board the Europa Clipper mission to Europa. SUDA stands for Surface Dust Analyzer. It will um, microscopic dust that's in space around it, and particularly when it goes close to Europa. It will pass these particles through a series of grids, and then the dust will eventually strike a target plate and disintegrate into smaller ionized components, which will be pulled into an iron detector, which will tell scientists what the dust was made of. This will give an idea of the speed and direction that uh, dust grains were traveling in and help them pin down the dust's origin from Europa's surface. If Europa is found to be venting material into space from a subsurface reservoir or ocean, as is strongly believed to be the case, then SUDA will analyze that material to help determine whether Europa has environments where life could exist. So it's going to be a fascinating mission to really understand a lot more about the beautiful moon Europa, that enigmatic body that we've learned quite a lot about already from particularly the Galileo extended mission, but other other spacecraft have flown by. So we're kind of building up this uh, body of knowledge about our solar system. The Europa Clipper mission is bound to give us a lot more. I guess we can only look forward to the day when they actually land something on the surface and maybe they can drill down somehow through the ice or take a sample through the site of one of these vents would be a good place to look and then really give us um, some definitive answers about the possibility of life on this really interesting body. But it's definitely on the short list. It's got liquid water. It's got a source of heat. So more information, europa.nasa.gov. 